0: Hello, you're listening to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching programme with Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in and I'm delighted you've joined us. If you've been following this series of studies, you'll remember that Brian is using the word SCRIPT as an acronym to separate and describe the different elements of how the early church conducted itself and where we find the evidence and basis for that in our Bibles. This leads us into a study of how present-day Christians ought to structure and organise church life based on biblical teaching and, and church history of the first New Testament churches. This time, the second letter of script, the C, which stands for closed. So, here's Brian. Thanks, John. It's good to remind ourselves of where we
1: started in this series of studies about the basics of what the New Testament teaches for followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We started at the beginning, and that's a very good place to begin, as we've reminded ourselves. Our studies began with repentance towards God, followed by salvation that's in Christ alone, by grace alone, and through personal faith alone. We saw that's a salvation that's eternally secure for the real believer in Christ, from whose forgiveness none can fall away. This is the Christ who is both fully God and fully man as revealed to us by the Spirit of God, who is an eternally divine person. From there, we proceeded to a study of believers' baptism, baptism in water by full immersion, as a symbol of the burial of our old persona that God considered as crucified with Christ, and so we died with him to sin. All the old ways associated with our previous Christless lifestyle are left behind, in what's meant to be a true watershed experience finally we came to the realization that we're not only saved to serve but we're called to serve according to a pattern to see this we need to take a step back and get a clear perspective of the sweep of god's progressive revelation throughout the bible it's the repetition of features in the bible that gives them their prescriptive quality god's people israel were redeemed by blood, they were baptized at the Red Sea crossing, and they served obediently according to the law of Moses in what was the pattern of teaching at that time. This agrees in the New Testament with the steps of salvation, then baptism, and obeying the apostles' teaching from Acts chapter 2 verses 41 and 42. And this uniform practice gets explained in more detail in the Bible letters that follow. For example, The Apostle Paul gives a detailed teaching of water baptism in chapter 6 of his letter to the Romans. And what's more, the ordering of these things is important. For example, salvation must come before baptism. The obvious reason for this is the Bible's own explanation that baptism in water is the external symbol of the reality of what took place before at the time of our salvation. How also can we remember the Lord in bread and wine at what the Bible calls the weekly breaking of the bread by a church of God if we're not yet saved and don't even know him as Lord? God is called a God of order and the seven steps or footsteps of walking in God's plan for our lives, those that are summarised in Acts chapter 2 verses 41 and 42, are intended to be preserved in the very order we find them listed And practised in the New Testament. Our God is an unchanging God, and we'd expect that to apply to the principles that He has for those who serve Him in any age. Christ may take the place of an actual sacrificial lamb, but it remains salvation by the blood of a substitute, and so on. You'll recall we're using the letters of the word script as our memory aid. After all, this is about following the scriptural script. When things happen in our lives, it's sometimes said that it's as if it was scripted. Well, our Christian service for the Lord truly has been scripted. The script is the pattern in five essentials. We began with S standing for single, with the reminder that we only ever read of a single church in any one place, as shown, for example, by Paul's letters being addressed to the Church of God at Corinth. Now we come to the letter C in the word script, and in this instance, C stands for closed. We will now explain what we mean by that. By the year 1860, the Bible teaching of the universal body of Christ had been shown to be different from its expression in the local assembly. Study of the Bible had shown that the Bible word for church had two important and different meanings in the New Testament. It first Signified the church of which Christ has spoken when he said, I will build my church. That's in Matthew chapter 16. This is the church into which every single true believer in Christ is incorporated by being baptized in the Holy Spirit when they first believe in Christ for salvation. 1 Corinthians 12 13. At the end of the first chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul calls it the church, which is his, that is, Christ's body. All believers, whether dead or alive, are members of this church and can never be dismembered from it. If we confine ourselves to the present day, then what we are saying is that all true living believers automatically and unconditionally belong to it, so that we may call it the universal church in that sense. But there's a second important New Testament use of the very same word for church, and that's when the context where it's found makes it clear that it's talking about a local gathering of disciples of the Lord Jesus. It's to such churches in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul, for example, wrote his teaching letters with words of correction and warning at times. This is because believers were responsible for the maintenance of these local assemblies. In particular, instructions are given for appropriate behaviour at the gatherings to break bread in remembrance of the Lord. The freshly discovered and thrilling biblical teaching about the church which is Christ's body had brought with it a very natural desire to express the unity of the body in the simple ordinance of the breaking of the bread, shorn of all ritual and transcending previous denominational barriers. It was as the movement matured that people began to make a difference between the unity of the body and its various local expressions. As more consideration was given to these local expressions of Christ's body, a sense of responsibility began to develop surrounding those who were considered eligible to be communicants at the Lord's table in these local settings. Rigorous debate took place between those who, by emphasising the unity of the body, claimed there should be full fellowship for all professing common life in Christ while others in the debate were emphasising responsible local expressions of the body, and they insisted upon a more restricted or reserved circle of fellowship, which considered a potential communicant's beliefs and behaviours. Achieving consistency in these matters was proving to be somewhat of a headache. Christian believers were also debating the significance of the Bible term being added for this seemed related to who should be admitted to participate at the Lord's table. A decisive turning point in the debate was understanding accurately what people were added to in the New Testament record, where newly saved sinners added to the body of Christ, or where believers added to its local expression from verses such as acts eleven verse twenty four it was understood to be the latter. Those who were added were already believers, already members of the body, who were being added to its local expressions in local churches. The Greek writers made use of the same verb to describe the act by which cities, towns, or provinces changed their masters and put themselves under another government. So, for example, the 3,000 persons added, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, left the side of the scribes and Pharisees and put themselves under the teaching of the apostles and so under the lordship of Christ. There was also the question, was reception at the Lord's table a privilege only for those who were godly in life or was it a basic right for all who possessed common life in Christ? Many came to see it as a privilege bestowed by the Lord in accordance with scripture. They base this on words such as the following from the Apostle Paul. Now in giving this next instruction, he says, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. When you come together, it's not to eat the Lord's supper. For when you eat, each one takes his own supper first, and one goes hungry, while another gets drunk. Do you despise the church of God, and shame those who have nothing? For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus... On the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a person must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For the one who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not properly recognize the body. First Corinthians 11, from 17 to 29. And these scriptures plainly call for self-examination, and show how certain people were judged by expulsion when they despised the church of God by their abuse of what was so evidently a privilege at Corinth. From such considerations of the word of God, by paying attention to the script or scriptural pattern, they held to the understanding that the Lord's table was closed to all but baptised and added believers, with addition to one church of God meaning addition to all. And so the C in our use of the word script stands for closed. That is, access to the Lord's table in New Testament times was closed to those who were not suitably added to continuing church fellowship.
0: do hope you've enjoyed today's study and found it interesting. If you've got a question about any of the talks in this series, then do write in. The address is sft.churchesofgod.info and you can discuss it, the question that is, with Brian. The transcript book of all the talks in this series would also be helpful, so please let me remind you how you can freely receive a copy. Just ask for the title, A Good Place to Begin. You can use email or the post and here's our address search for truth hayes press the barn flaxlands royal button bassett swindon sn 8 dy uk our email address is sft at churches of god dot info thanks again for the privilege and pleasure of your company and i'd be delighted if you join me again next time because our next study is about the letter in the script, which is R. But for now, it's goodbye and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, producer David, our singers, and me, John. So see you again soon, and we wish you God's richest blessings.
2: We wait with expectation The happy conservation Of